Wild Lives by Phonographic. Hey, I'm Rochelle and welcome to Wild Lives by Phonographic. Today we're sharing the story of Andre Balmer, who has devoted his life to caring for the orphan mountain gorillas of Virunga National Park, which is in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Andre's story is one of the most inspiring I've ever heard, so I'm thrilled that he's taken the time out of his important work to talk to us today. But before we speak to Andre, we need to have a quick look at Virunga and why these mountain gorillas have been orphaned. Founded in 1925, the World Heritage-listed Virunga is the oldest national park in Africa. It spans some 7,800 square kilometres, or 3,000 square miles, and shares borders with Rwanda and Uganda. It is known to be the most biodiverse protected area on the entire African continent. But human conflict is taking its toll on the park. The area is under constant threat of oil exploration, and the illegal charcoal trade is causing deforestation. Wildlife poaching and the bushmeat trade are also rife, and conflict continues to take the lives of not only the rare mountain gorillas, but also of the rangers protecting them. Although there are around 800 rangers defending the park, there's also up to 2,000 militia living in and around it. In fact, by May 2018, at least 176 rangers had been killed while defending Virunga and its precious gorillas. Virunga is one of the most volatile places on Earth, but it's also one of the most biodiverse. Within the park's boundaries, there are dense forests, soaring mountains, active volcanoes, swamps, valleys and sprawling savannas. It's home to an incredible range of bird, reptile and mammal species, including the forest elephant, chimpanzee, lowland gorilla, the super-rare okapi and, of course, the mountain gorilla. Now, these guys are critically endangered and there are only around 880 of them left on the entire planet. Virunga is home to about a quarter of them. Sadly, though, mountain gorillas can become orphaned because of the area's human-inflicted challenges. And that's where Andre and his colleagues at Senkwekwe come into the story. The Senkwekwe Centre for Gorilla Orphans first opened its doors in 2008 and is based at the Virunga National Park headquarters in Ramangabo. Over the years, it's been home to several orphan gorillas who witnessed the murders of their families or were victimised by poachers and traffickers. The centre was named after the dominant silverback of the Rugendo group, who was murdered in 2007. Today, there are four gorillas living at the centre and they're looked after by seven carers. Andre Balmer is the head gorilla carer at the Sankwekwe Centre. Growing up in a small town called Masisi in North Kivu, he lived alongside many animals as his family kept cows and goats and sheep and rabbits, as well as one particular kitty who Andre became best friends with. Then, when he was 16, he discovered Virunga's mountain gorillas. I grew up in a family uh, where we raised different kinds of animals, such as cows, goats, sheep and rabbit. I enjoyed taking care of them, extracting milk, looking after their offspring, but also we had a cat and that cat was my best friend. I shared that and had fun every now and then and that is how I start loving and sharing much respect to animals. When I was uh, 16 years old, I have watched a documentary about Virunga at our school. And after watching the film, I became inspired to work for the park to help protect the wildlife and the park's gorillas. 
I knew from this moment that this was what I wanted to do for my job. In 1998, Andre started working in Virunga, first as a park ranger, and then he spent four years in the field as a mountain gorilla guide. During his time with the wild gorillas, he got to learn a lot about their various behaviours and also how to communicate with them. Here, he demonstrates their various types of communication and explains the different meanings behind their vocalisations. He also explains why they beat their chests and why they kick each other. When you stay for a long time with gorillas, you can easily communicate with them. From my experience from the wild gorillas in the forest for four years, and I could watch how they make sound, how they treat each other. And for gorillas, each sound means something. It's a message that they are sending. But for example, I can know a sound which uh, which means it's like a greeting to let you know that everything is okay for them. Everything they are safe. Yeah, like this. <coughs> uh, that kind gorillas are are good. It's something to welcome you. You are allowed to yeah to approach them. But uh, a gorilla can tell you I don't want something what uh, you are doing. You can say, oh, 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 oh. This is, is saying, no, I don't want this. But for a man, a male gorilla, when he's angry, you can hear this sound. <laughs> uh, that time you must know that the male gorilla doesn't want you just go away, don't approach them. So many sounds, and sometimes they can lose a leader, they are not happy, and uh, you can understand this sound. That means uh, they are not happy, they don't have a leader. They have lost uh, one member who is very important. But gorillas can also communicate uh, through beating chest. When the gorilla, one gorilla, can beat the chest, especially for young gorilla, the female. It's just uh, to show you that uh, they are happy. But for the, the male gorilla, when he beats the chest, now it can be when the man is uh, telling to the family that he wants to go somewhere else. Now follow me. And when he beats his chest, now the whole family will follow him. But when there is a danger in the group, the chief or the boss of the family can beat the chest to let know the whole family that there is a danger. To let know the, the enemy that he is ready to fight against him now. They can communicate in different ways. And for young gorillas, when they want to play, a gorilla can kick the, the other one he wants to, to play with, just to invite him or her to, to the game. Now, every time with gorillas, you can easily understand how they communicate and you can also use those uh, mm. gestures or sound just to communicate with them. In 2007, one of the famous wild mountain gorilla families in Virunga, called the Kabaritsi family, was viciously attacked. 
illegal charcoal producers believed that if they killed off Virunga's gorillas, there'd be no incentive for people to protect the national park, so they could keep producing illegal charcoal. So they shot and killed Nsekoye, a breastfeeding mother from the Kabaritsi gorilla family. Nsekoye was shot in the head, execution style, while her two-month-old baby was still attached to her breast. This infant, a female called Dakasi, was found clinging to her mother, barely alive, starving and critically dehydrated. Andre, who was working as a ranger at the time, was one of her rescuers. Here, he shares the incredible story of what happened when he found Dakasi, explains the desperate steps he took to keep her alive on their first night together, and then tells us why they went on to the city of Goma. I do remember the first time I met Dakasi. I met her on June 9, 2007. It was a very sad situation. We met a very small baby of two months old, and her weight was 2.4 kilograms. She's a baby who was born in Kabiri's family. Her mother was killed by people with no sense of civic duty, the torture. Uh, but we we met uh, we met her 24 hours after her mother's death. Uh, the baby was really in a very poor condition because of cold, hunger, thirst. I was very pitiful and desperate as for her survival. But I tried anyway to to do some things for her to increase her chance of surviving. Uh, what I did, it was trying to uh, to take a carton and pack the carton in it and then put the carton inside. And on top of that, I covered the carton with a towel, uh, trying to give her milk from the ranger's ration. But she could even swallow a drop of, of milk because... Uh, she was very, very weak, but later it was my bedtime, and I thought that if I left the cat alone in the carton, I cannot know what will happen to her during the, uh, over the night. And now, when it was my bedtime, I removed her from her carton and took her on my chest uh, to provide warmth. Uh, I also covered her with two blankets. In this way, I was able to know how she was, how would be her her situation during the, the night. Now, when I was a baby on my chest, uh, later, around midnight, I felt the baby was trying to drink milk from... Uh, from my chest, uh, she was thinking that uh, she was on the chest of her mother. Now, I woke up and uh, trying to give her milk, and that time she was having a small amount of milk. And until the morning, I was, I was giving her milk several times. And the morning, I saw the baby open her eyes. And moving, now I said, uh, this is something good, uh, we are lucky. And now I went with the baby in Goma where 
we had uh, gorilla doctors and gorilla doctors uh, welcomed me and provided me everything I, I was in need to look after the cats. And together, gorilla doctors, uh, Jan Foto Gorilla Found International and Zirunga, we were able to, uh, to take care of uh, the baby, the cats. Uh, it was uh, something very hard, but uh, when we were all together, the work was good and we succeeded. On July 22, 2007, and barely a month after Andre had rescued in Dakasi, the murderers struck again. This time their killing spree was even more violent, as they brutally massacred members of the Rigendo Mountain Gorilla family. One of those victims was the family silverback called Sinkwekwe, and the gorilla orphanage was later named in his honour. Another family member killed in the massacre was Safari, a young mother whose baby daughter and Daisy survived. Two days after the murder, Rangers found and Daisy being looked after by her older brother, Congo Mani, who had rescued her during the attack and had carried her on his back to safety. Sadly, and Daisy was only five months old and was still being breastfed by her mother, which is something Congo Mani was unable to help her with. But luckily, Varunga Rangers found the pair of them before tragedy could strike again. Congo Mani stayed in the wild with the other adult survivors of the Rugendo massacre, while Ndaisi was brought to Goma, where she was placed into Andre's care alongside Ndakasi. One month after, after Ndakasi's mother died, we had a, a gorilla massacre. It's uh, something which uh, shocked the whole the whole world. Six gorillas were killed in the Rugendo family, including Lizzie's mother. Uh, two days after the death of uh, some members of Lizzie's family, we met Lizzie's brother who had rescued Lizzie and had Lizzie on his back. Unfortunately, uh, her brother didn't have uh, a milk to feed the baby, and because uh, she was a baby of five months old. Something very important it was to recuperate Daisy and put her in the place where we can look after her, give her milk, do everything for her, and that's why we have taken Daisy out of the forest, out of her family. But we had two days without eating anything. Uh, she was really very hungry. But when I met her, I tried to give her milk and took her in Goma where we had also the cats. And for, for Nese, it was not easy to look after her in, uh, in Goma, in, in town, because she had already experienced the natural life. Imagine she was in the forest, uh, she was among gorillas, but in Goma, Suddenly, she was in a, a house with electricity, with water, and uh, she was around people and not gorillas. Now, every time she, she was crying and looking for, for other gorillas, it was a very something very strange for her to be in, in Goma. But after three days, now she understood that she has no choice 
and she has to stay with us. Now, when uh, she approached me, and it was a good moment now to do everything for her, to stay with her every time, day and night, and sleep together at the same bed, uh, do everything good so that uh, she can feel like she was in her own family. And slowly, slowly now, and there's a hard understand that and uh, she, she is in a good family. Uh, she is among her, her friends. Today at the Senkweko Centre, Ndakazi and Ndaisi live with two other orphans called Masuka and Matabishi. While each orphan has had their own traumatic history, Andre explains that today they all function as one family, albeit without a chief at the moment. Andre says that Ndaisi would make the best leader, but the stronger Ndakasi and the male Matabishi both seem to want to be in charge. It can make for some fun family interactions. Muzuka, Deze, Dakasi and Matabishi each came from a different family, but at Senkwekwe, together they are in a, in a family. And they know they are in the same family, but among them we have friends and we have uh, some individuals who can, <laughs> can fight because of food, uh, because of leadership, you, you know, when we have more than one gorilla among them, you must have uh, a boss, a chief among them. But for now, Daisy is the one who can be a good leader because as she is calm, she is very intelligent and responsible. But she is not stronger than Dakasi. Dakasi is the one who wants to be a leader, but she she doesn't have uh, the leading capacity. And uh, Matabishi as a man is someone someone who wants now uh, to lead the group, but Dakas cannot accept that. For now, I do not know to say exactly who is the boss of the, the family, but they know they are in the same family. Even though they can fight, uh, but sometimes they can work together, they can share food together, play together. But among them, we have uh, friends and the other, yeah, yeah, each one can have his friends. The Gorilla Carers start every day at the Senkwekwe Centre by providing an early breakfast for their four orphans, followed by playtime outside and then more food. Our job every day is to make sure they have everything they need, like food to prevent them from catching human disease and to play with the gorillas. But in the morning time, we wake up at 5.30 so that we can get ready their breakfast and their breakfast in tea and porridge. And after that, we put forest food and other food we, we buy from the market. And after having their breakfast, we let them to, to go outside. And that time, they can eat when they want. They can walk. They can climb up trees. They can play each other. Now, 
We can give them food five times a day. We have to, to monitor their health and report to the Virunga authorities and to the gorilla doctors. The incredible team at Virunga, which includes everyone from the rangers to the field guides, from the orphan carers to the National Park support staff. All these people are deeply committed to protecting the mountain gorillas. In fact, sometimes they even put their lives at risk for them. Andre reveals what keeps them going. The gorillas are very important for Virunga and for Congo. They are endangered species and we must do everything we can to protect the, the gorillas. And the local community understands the importance of protecting the gorillas. And everyone knows if we, we lose gorillas, we cannot find them anywhere else on this earth. So it's uh, very important for everyone to protect them. Everyone working uh, in Surunga is committed to protecting uh, the park and the wildlife that lives in it. And uh, here where I work at the Sempoko Center, we do everything we can to ensure those gorillas, those orphans, are safe and well. And we have more tourists, we have uh, more visitors come to visit uh, the Runga uh, because of gorillas. So they are very important for, for me. Thanks for listening. Now, Andre and the Virunga team are facing enormous challenges on the ground, but it's easy to show your support for their work wherever you may be. You can go and visit them as a tourist at Virunga because tourism does benefit the entire community, or you can get involved by supporting their various programs. To learn more about those, simply log on to www.visitvirunga.org. And I'll also post more information on phonographic.com, so check that out too. Catch you next time. Wild Lives by Phonographic. Follow us on omni.fm or search for Wild Lives by Phonographic on iTunes. Subscribe today and you'll never miss an episode.